0: A Noble Life Work After Fifty-seven by Isabella Webb Parks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org in eighteen eighty miss sophia b packard then corresponding secretary of the women's american baptist home missionary society with her old-time friend and efficient helper miss harriet e giles made a trip through the south in order to become better acquainted with the needs of the missionary work among the negroes the poverty ignorance and degradation of the colored women pierced the hearts of these christian women miss packard had already accomplished a noble life work a preeminently successful teacher she had held successively the positions of preceptress in new salem academy in a private school in connecticut literary society at suffeld and principal of oriole institute in worcester afterwards she was for many years pastor's assistant to dr morimer both at shawmut avenue boston and at tremont temple In this position her work among the poor called her attention to the need of home missionary work and in 1878 she resigned her position with dr lorimer and started the movement which resulted in the organization of the home missionary society of this she was elected corresponding secretary she was now fifty seven years of age almost any one else would have gone home from the south and urged younger women to go to the rescue of their sisters in black not so miss packard she resigned the secretaryship of the missionary society and asked to be sent south to teach the colored women a storm of opposition and remonstrance greeted her proposal she was too old to undertake a new work of such magnitude with the prevalent view of missionary work both at home and foreign the good sisters thought that many not to say any others could do the work in the south while she could not be spared from her present position finally and conclusively the society had no money for so great an undertaking more than once the two heroic women in face of seemingly insuperable difficulties gave up their purpose but each time the conviction of duty returned with increased power and they arose from a sleepless night saying we must go south one by one the difficulties were overcome by private solicitation miss packard raised enough money to sustain them a few months feeling it most desirable that they go as the approved servants of a responsible society She paid this money into the treasury of the Missionary Society and again asked to be sent south. In April, 1881, Miss Packard and Miss Giles reached Atlanta, their chosen field of labor. When they called upon the pastor of Friendship Baptist Church, colored, they found him on his knees, praying that God would send Christian women to teach the women of his race. Their school opened April 11th in the damp, dark basement of Friendship Church, with 11 pupils. Within three months, more than 80 scholars were enrolled. During the first summer, Mrs. Packard and Giles remained in Atlanta visiting the homes of the colored people. In the fall, they opened their school with 173 pupils. From that time, Miss Packard's life was one of ceaseless toil, eight months of the year in her school in the South, the other four in the North, raising the necessary funds. The history of her work in both lines is full of the miracle of faith, but the limits of this article allow little more than a summary of results. By a remarkable chain of circumstances which Miss Packard and Miss Giles believed to be clearly providential, the Honorable J. D. Rockefeller became interested in the school and has since been its most munificent benefactor. In honor of his wife, the institution was given her maiden name, Spelman. April eleventh, eighteen ninety one, Spelman Seminary celebrated its tenth birthday, but not in the basement of Friendship Church. A most beautiful chapel was crowded to its utmost capacity with the students, teachers, and friends of the seminary. This chapel is situated in a fine, large brick building called Rockefeller Hall. Near it are three other large brick buildings, Packard Hall, the Industrial Building, and a Laundry. Another $35,000 brick building, the gift of Mr. Rockefeller, is about to be erected. Four large frame buildings, some of the old U.S. barracks, are occupied as dormitories. These buildings are located upon a valuable 14-acre lot on the outskirts of the city. The number of students gathered on that memorable occasion was 860, of teachers 33. The seminary has excellent normal, preparatory, scientific, and industrial departments, and is well supplied with necessary apparatus, library, etc. It is unique in the exceptional advantages it offers in the following departments. As might be expected from the character of the two women who founded the school, it gives the most prominence to its biblical and religious department. The Bible is used as a textbook and companion studies as Christian evidences, ethics, etc. are thoroughly taught the familiarity of the students with the english bible is a gratifying surprise to a visitor in their bible classes but they do not stop with a mere intellectual knowledge of the scriptures the motto on the wall of the chapel our whole school for christ expresses the spirit of the work hundreds of girls have found christ at spelman miss packard counted a week without conversions a week of saddest failure a legitimate outcome of the work just mentioned is the missionary training department two of Spellman's daughters have already gone as missionaries to africa the nurse training department is another valuable feature in this department a thorough course of study in physiology and hygiene is provided and the leading physicians of atlanta give free lectures but more than the theory is taught in a school of more than 400 boarding pupils, even in the exceptionally healthy city of Atlanta, there are always some sick. A small frame building is fitted up for a sick ward, and there the sick are cared for by members of the nurse training department. On January 3rd, 1892, the beautiful chapel of Spellman Seminary was again crowded to overflowing by the students, teachers, and friends of the institution but the hush of sadness pervaded the room and low voices and tearful eyes told of the shadow of a great sorrow on an easel on the platform stood a fine crayon portrait of miss packard but the grand woman through whom god had wrought the miracle that we saw around us was gone forever it was meet that with bowed heads and stricken hearts the friends of the colored race nay of humanity gathered to do honour to her memory on the seventeenth of the preceding june miss packard had entered upon her reward it is impossible says jacoby to be a hero in anything unless one is first a hero in faith the briefest sketch of miss packard's life must be poorly drawn indeed if it fail to allow that she deserves a place among the heroes of faith of whom the world was not worthy nor was miss packard one of those who have the faith that removes mountains yet have not love the teachers associated with her tell how in the midst of perplexing cares and crushing burdens often in great bodily weakness she constantly planned for everyone's comfort but her own her pupils bear testimony to the tender solicitude for their welfare and the warm sympathy which bound them to her by ties of strongest affection. Self was lost in her work. She never uttered a word of boasting for what she had done, nor of complaint for what she suffered. The greatest thing that can be said of any human being is to be truthfully said of Miss Packard. In her life, her work, her character, she was Christ-like. End of A Noble Life Work After 57 by Isabella Webb Parks